Hey everyone, we are so excited for you to hear this extra special Valentine's Day bonus episode that we recorded with Melissa Braden, lesbian romance author extraordinaire. But first, we put a call out for you to share your Valentines and we're going to read them all out. I know. I was so excited to get as many as we did. Right? How, and also, like, how cute are all these people? Uh, like, I love all these people that are that love love as much as you do. Right. It, it made me feel good that we did get as many as we did. Mm-hmm. And and they were all excited to do it. You know, it's like, here, here's my Valentine. I had one person reach out and say, hey, are you still accepting Valentines? Yes. Yes. So Give good. Me. So good. So the first one is happy valentine's day to my wife sarah i'm a pain in the ass and you are lovely cheers to you love anna <laughs> i, just I love, mean that kind of i'm a pain up. in the ass but <laughs> you're <know>. lovely. <laughs> lovely so cute <laughs> very lovely and then one of my besties actually she did a shout out to cf frizzell everybody knows her as frizz she said uh mm-hmm. this about her wife to kathy the true angel in my life, my better half. I love you, my forever Valentine. Isn't that amazing? That's so sweet. So sweet. That is so sweet. <laughs> I love it. So we got an anonymous one that said, Dear Queerly Recommended, this is such a fun, cool idea. I would like to send some love to the GCLS Writing Academy 2022. All the students are so wonderful. I love all their stories. Every writer is so enormously talented, and it's a privilege to get to read their works in progress. And I wanted to send some love to our amazing, insightful, extremely inspiring teachers who are brilliantly gifted writers taking their time to pass along some of their magic. Happy Valentine's Day. My cat says happy V-Day. He loves your podcast, too. (laughs) I think this is the first Valentine I've ever heard of from a cat. Thank you, cat. (laughs) And we got this one that says 34 years and still I want more, more laughs, more vacations together, more you putting up with my differently wired brain and grumpiness. I eventually get it. We got to communicate and boy, we do that well sometimes. I love you forever and at least another 34 years That from Ashley. That makes my heart so happy. That's amazing. How sweet is that? Now this one made me laugh. Yes, on yes, a wildly on a completely different, completely note. different note. We have an anonymous <laughs> one that says, Too hot boss, thanks for the raise. It's my turn to raise you up against the wall. <laughs> oh. Well, there's some fantasies going on there. Uh-huh. Yes, I see why they say it anonymous. That is like an HR True. call in the making. <laughs> to my wife, Susan, it's been a long time. From lovers to friends and back again. Even during that time in the middle, I couldn't get you out of my head. And now we're married. Thank you for asking me. Oh, We're stuck together now, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Here's to 30 plus more Valentines together from Diane. Oh, I love this. It really it's a real is. Second like, chance like, seriously, like, there are some massively cool ideas coming from, you know, just reading these Valentines. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. There's second chances. There's an office romance. Yeah, office romance. <laughs> Up against the wall. We've read it. We want to read it more. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have to Amy. There is no life I could imagine without you. You've been my shelter through the worst storms, and every beautiful and wonderful thing in this life leads back to you. You've taught me that some things, that something doesn't have to be a house to be a home, and you, you are my home. From Tiffany. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. And so we actually got 
one that's a twofer because it's a couple that sent in valentines for each other so there's one that says to m you warm me up more than my favorite whiskey which as a former whiskey drinker (laughs) that's pretty lovely and M wrote one to Jay that says, To Jay, you are my favorite person to everything and nothing Aww, with. That is pretty which I great. Think is pretty I great. Yeah. I love that. And the last one is from Kathy Pegao, who actually wrote us a little poem that said, Roses are red, fries are from France. We love Tara and Chris and queer. <laughs> I love it. Hands. Ah, that's great. <laughs> Kathy, I love that poem and we love you too. Those were Thank so you cute. To who participated. We greatly appreciate it, especially me. Because I, yeah, it, that's it, right. It, it's just so nice. It's so lovely to read about love and to hear about other people's loves, rather than just ones that we read about in books or write about. True love, real love. And now, now we're gonna go on to the episode and the delightful Melissa Braden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer books, TV shows, movies, video games, and more. I'm Tara Scott, and I review queer women's fiction at The Lesbian Review, Lambda Literary, and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And I'm Chris Bryan, a contemporary romance writer with nearly 20 books out through Bold Strokes Books. We are so excited because this is our very special Valentine's Day bonus edition of Queerly Recommended, and who better to join us than the lesbian queen herself, Melissa Braden. Melissa has around 20 romances out about women loving women, also with Bold Strokes books. And there's a new, I've heard, interactive video game that's out through chapters. Welcome, Melissa. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I didn't know it was a bonus episode. It is. exciting. (laughs) I'm here on bonus day. I can't, it doesn't get better than that. Right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We figured that since love is such a, I mean, I love Valentine's Day. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Out of the holiday, non-holiday holidays, I love Valentine's Day. So we wanted you on because, yeah, you write about love. and I do. Very, yes. And so talk about chapters. Like a long time ago, uh, not a long time ago, but I remember you were talking about it. And then all of a sudden, it's here now. So tell us about <laughs> chapters and tell us what it is, how people can find it. and. Anything else you can add? Well, I, I think I think I'm very lucky because it could have not happened. I am somebody who needs to be better about email. Let's just get that right out there right now. <laughs> and uh, the the chapters, folks, were great. And and um, I, I didn't know anything like this existed. And so if you're out there and you're wondering what the heck are they talking about, you're you're kind of like me in that sense. And so they emailed me and said, "Hey, we're interested in making an interactive." you know, kind of choose your own adventure of some books that you wrote. And I kind of laughed that off and thought that that's very funny. <laughs> and you, you kind of think that these things get sent out a lot. So I don't, I don't think I responded, which was dumb because this has happened to me before in other, <laughs> other <laughs> mediums where I haven't responded to something that turned out to be really cool um, because I'm really bad at telling what's important and what's not. So, you know, cut to the conversation actually happening. And I realized not only is this a legit thing, this is a really cool thing. This is something that I I can't believe as a romance reader myself, I wasn't aware of. So I went out and explored chapters. And what it is, is it's an app that allows you to go in and pretty much select the story of your choice, lots of different books. And I think they have some originals as well. 
And then you get to be in the shoes of the main character and, uh, and walk a little bit on their path and make decisions for them as you go on. And so, yeah, they, they made a, a really nice deal for four of my books. And so the first one that they contracted is Kiss the Girl, which is book one in the Soho Loft series. And that one debuted last uh, month, I guess. And uh, the first five chapters were dropped and then the following week, five more. And so they tease you a little bit. And uh, I, I played the first five so far and I got left on a cliffhanger and I don't know what's gonna happen. That yeah, I started. <laughs> You don't I know think that's happen. rude. Well, because I mean, to me, it sounds like I started it. I didn't I didn't finish it yet. But I mean, I've played dating Sims before. And like you get the whole game. It's not like you don't get the whole game at once. So to say like, oh, by the way, eh, you got to wait. Come back next week mm-hmm. <laughs> to find out. And you know what else is interesting is just to kind of you know make more of a game out of it when they give you a choice. Like, what do you want to do in this moment? Sometimes you have to spend your little jewels. I don't know if they're jewels or diamonds. I call them jewels to do the thing that you would like to do in that moment the most. But if you have not been frugal with your jewels, you might be left in a lurch. For example, I had a really good thing going with Jessica Lennox. We were flirting. We were bouncing off each other with our witty dialogue. And then she's running for the elevator. And it tells me that I can stop the elevator and let her come along with me for the ride, which of course that's preferable. Or I could shout out, you know, hey, I'm trying to stop it for you. Or I could let it slam in her face. And I was out of jewels. <laughs> so all I had was to do was let it slam in her face. And so uh, lesson learned when I play some more chapters that I have to be a little bit more frugal with my spending. And there were several instances like that where I had to just be downright rude because I hadn't <laughs> planned appropriately. And I'm sure that I'm sure that got in the way of my romance. But uh, maybe next time. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I was really surprised because you when you open up the app, it's Kiss the Girl. That is yeah. the, that is mm-hmm. what shows up. And so that's I, I think I posted it. I was so excited yes. to see it. I think I tweeted. I was like, oh, my gosh, look. And you have like it has like over 19,000, like the number on it for views. Has oh, over yeah, 19, that's awesome. 000. Yeah. I mean, it, in the category, it's under LGBTQ, but it's also under CEO, which I mean, oh. I get the CEO concept, but I was really surprised that originally it wasn't in LGBT. It wasn't there. And so they just, they recently moved it over there. But yeah, you're, I think, third highest with 19,000. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. I was you know, super it, excited. You know, what's great about that is if it's doing well, I think that that opens the door for more of our stories to show up on that particular mm-hmm. app. And so I, I hope that that happens and we can kind of come in and make a, a home for ourselves and see all sorts of stories there. So yeah. fingers crossed. Right. I had uh, somebody respond to the tweet and said that they had made it through the first five chapters. Uh, and yeah, so they were they were playing it. So it's getting I mean, people know about it and they're they're already playing it. I think it's great. That's cool. I ran into some comments and if you open it up, it had something like a few thousand comments on it. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So I was kind of just skimming through seeing what people thought. Overall, it sounded really positively reviewed, which made me happy. Not that I have much experience with this at all, but (laughs) that was very cool. That is cool. I don't, I mean, I know that you can get it like ad free, maybe. I don't know, because every single time I open it, you have to go through like a bazillion. Yeah, um, I played the free version, but I will be upgrading now because there will be more books. So, right, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So are you sharing which other books they've picked yeah, up? Are you allowed to say? <laughs> I am. I am. It's all three of the Soho books. So we'll have those three as well as Waiting in the Wings. So I want to see what they're nice. going to do with Waiting in the Wings. The theater backdrop, that should be really cool. I have thoughts about that book, but that's not the point of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I still remember like when the breakup happened. <laughs> And like how I felt at the time and just the like four <gasps> years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. And I had never, I had read a lot of romance, but I hadn't read a romance that did that before. And so yeah. it was just this very like gutting, how can, how, how can that what? be? <laughs> so I'm really curious to see uh, how that plays out with uh, the chapters. On the well, well, me too. And you know, part of the deal is once they take the book, it's in their hands. And so I've run into some things, you know, playing kiss the girl. I was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. I didn't write that. <laughs> but that's fun. Okay, we'll go in that direction. Or that person didn't appear in this scene. But all right, here they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, they have to make it work for a video game environment, which I completely understand. But it's fun for me to kind of see those changes. So we'll see if they do the the four year jump or not. I think that your voice still comes through. I can definitely Does it? Still, Good. Yeah, for sure. I, I made sure because it, it's so short. Everything is like so condensed and, you know, yes. it, it talks, you know, two sentences and then it gives you a choice of something, but it really still tells a story. Good. I'm glad you feel that way. I did yeah. notice that they kept some of the dialogue true to what you find in the book. Yeah. So I did hear your voice in there. So good, good. That makes me happy. <laughs> okay. Since Valentine's day is right around the corner, we thought it might be fun to talk about our favorite things related to the holiday. Love, romance, just Valentine's Day in, in and of itself. So I guess we're going to start with an easy question. Easy. What is everybody's favorite on-screen kiss? Melissa, I'll start with you. <laughs> that is not an easy question, and you know that. Wait, so this was on-screen, right? On-screen. TV, okay, movies, I, plays. I'm going to go with something that might be controversial for the two of you, because I've heard a rumor that there was some debate about the movie uh, Imagine Me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I'm say heard- there was debate. We were in agreement. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you're very well, Not wrong. with the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you're very you're, wrong. You're very wrong. <laughs> and I'm glad that I could be here on this special Valentine's mm-hmm. bonus show to set you both straight mm-hmm. about the wonders of the movie. So I'm I'm going to go with the, the flower shop kiss to further prove my point about the movie. And that's going to be my answer. When, when she bursts in and they, they kiss on the bed of roses, I'm going with that. And I don't know that you're going to be able to beat that. Okay, so I will say this. It was, and we talked about this, that we thought that their, their kissing was organic and it felt, it, it seemed natural. And that's one thing I want to see on screen is I want to see the chemistry. I want to see the natural organic kiss it was just the plot that we weren't great on, right, Tara? Uh, you're just wrong. And, some, and yeah. some of the acting. <laughs> well, and, yeah. <laughs> and the pants choice. <laughs> the pants choice, that's right. But I mean, no. all of, I think it the wasn't... problem was that we saw it in the year 2021, which I don't think was the right time to see it for the first time when there's so much more kind of queer media out there. And I think I was, no. I was also no. expecting, I'm not done. Wait, I was expecting it to just be about the two of them. And so much of it was about the husband's experience. And I was like, why are all these people telling me to watch? Like, if you watch that trailer, it sounds like it's his movie. 
And so it was a very strange, I don't know. I want to see more of their epilogue is all I'm saying. I'm not sure I fully believe in their happily ever after. Oh, this is crushing. I, I really think you need to spend more time. <laughs> Have you watched the director's cut with the director commentary underneath? I watched what was available on Amazon Prime and I did watch it okay. twice. I watched right. it once to watch it and then once for the commentary. So we a could lot sit of- together and I could recite it with you. That sounds that really helpful. nice. But here's the thing. So, so many people <laughs> together. In- so many people in Las Vegas, they don't like cheating in anything. They hate it in books. Yeah, how do they like They will this come movie? out. Yeah, they, they will come at you. Any sort of cheating, anything. Yeah, because I've experienced it. And my characters didn't really cheat, but there was like some hint of it. And oh my gosh, they came at me. That, that's why I'm just kind of like, how how's everybody okay with this movie if they hate it in books? I'm not sure it's yeah. the same people. Actually, to be honest, because there's like a small, super vocal will one star every book with cheating. And then there's a bunch of us that are like, "Eh, I mean, I made for an interesting plot thing. (laughs) Well, and I do think that there is a different set of rules for when we're dealing with screen versus page. True. Yeah, I think so. And then there is even a third set of rules once you get it onto the stage. So well, when it came out, there were like no movies if you wanted to watch women falling in love that was the movie and then there were maybe a couple of other movies where people died tragically but like this was the happy ending movie yeah Ah. i still haven't found one that i like more though so really yeah i'm (laughs) trying all right and i i I thought by now we'd have a we'd have a million light fluffy fun rom-coms and we just don't i agree there was one that and i can't even remember what the, the movie was called we had talked about it and like Georgia loved it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like the worst movie ever. It had to do with Thanksgiving and it was just awful. It was just awful. Oh, oh yeah. You know yeah, which Chris one. Stewart. Yeah. No, no, not even that one. <laughs> oh. There was one that was like, like but also that one. Prior to, yeah, but also that one. <laughs> we can't even talk about that one. But also I will say that in that the kissing is organic. And we talked about that too. I believed in the kissing. Yeah. You know, as long that as I the- believe in it, that mm-hmm. helps. It was the only good part of that movie. That movie was awful. Well, Dan Levy was also wonderful. But like the kissing was right. good. Yeah. I believed they were a couple that needed therapy, but could kiss real well. <laughs> right. No, I think I've seen this movie, but only like about 10 minutes of it. I think I agreed with you yeah. on this one, that it, that it was not uh, it was not my cup of tea. But I like that you keep <laughs> your bar for kissing is it must be organic. And I'm it like, has to, I have be, to believe it. I got to take it further than that, though, Chris. I got to say, it can't just be organic. I need it to be like passionate Steve. and hot and like the chemistry just needs to bounce off those walls. I can't just be You can't organic. tell me that they bounced off more. the walls and imagine me and you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they I bounced so off can. The roses. <laughs> I so ow, can ow, and ow. I, will. I, mean, <laughs> I implore you to try again because uh, this is this is tragic. The takeaway, I can't. And I love love. You know this about me. You know I love romance. You know I love I'm a little shocked. I'm a little I, I, I heard this rumor. I heard this rumor <laughs> of this discussion. I was shocked. I know. I know. I had trouble sleeping. <laughs> but you're right. It has to be passionate and you have to really feel it and have to be be excited for them to get together. You know, you just need that that oh, oh, they're gonna kiss. Oh, and you know, that whole moment. That's what and I I was. And you were, I was not. I was like, eh, okay, they're cute. You know, that was, that was it for me. And like, they are believable, but there was so many other problems with that movie. So 
Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I'm what about you? Write a, I'm going to write a 30 page dissertation instead <laughs> <Why>? of podcast. <laughs> okay. We welcome it. <laughs> oh, Chris, what was your pick? Okay, so this is super hard for me because everybody knows that that's all I do is watch movies, watch TV shows, watch all that. And I had a real hard time with this because it was really hard to narrow it down. But I picked a scene in Atomic Blonde because Charlize Theron, hello, hello, Mm -hmm. that alone, Mm -hmm. she's top five where she makes out with Delphine, who is played by Sofia Botella. And not only was it super hot and passionate, and it was completely believable. And Charlize just has this beautiful mouth. And it was just, I love that. I love that whole scene, that whole scene in there. So I, I don't know how many people have seen that movie. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. But that's my scene that I picked. Of course, tomorrow it'll be a different scene. But right now, tonight, <laughs> I'm going with Atomic Blonde. Good one. So mine is not super passionate because it's from a kid's show. And that's not really what happens in kids' shows. (laughs) But hear me out. It's from... Okay, so Chris, remember when Sinclair Sexsmith, we were talking to them, and they were recommending Steven Universe. Mm -hmm. So this is a kiss from the show Steven Universe. And I'm going to try and explain it, and it's going to make no sense, because you've never seen the show, (laughs) but I'm going to do my best anyway. So there is a character named Garnet, who is this, like, giant woman with like three eyes and what it doesn't matter but she's actually the fusion of two gems so she's the fusion of ruby and sapphire and i guess that's kind of a bit of a spoiler but also the show ended years ago so i'm sorry if you're not caught up on steven universe like it's too bad and you don't find out until like late until i think the first season that she's a fusion until like they're split apart and they're separated and just like the panic that they have at being separated, and they're actually tiny when they're Ruby and Sapphire, which I also find delightful and adorable. But like when they come back together, it's the most beautiful, pure thing. And it was shown on Cartoon Network for families, which I also think is amazing. Like just the rep for yeah. kids to get to see this, that it's this like normal, beautiful thing. There's so much queer rep in that show, but they were the first that really, oh, like I just had this little warm burst in my chest when I saw it the first time because it was so perfect. I got nothing. I can't. Res- I Okay. Because I haven't seen it. That's fair. I don't know if it I would be your jam, but that's okay. I, I, I think you sold it very well. I think you, you both had great explanations for, for your kissing scenes. Well, we've talked about the uh, on-screen kiss. What's next, Tara? All right. How about favorite on-the-page kiss? Uh, so, this, Melissa. This- What's your pick? Yeah. So this one was hard. I went back and forth and it, I don't know why this one was so much harder than, than the, the on screen. There wasn't one that just rose to the top, but you know, recently I read the seven husbands of. Ah! <laughs> and there's a moment that is not a traditional kiss, but it stood out for me in the narrative. And it is when she goes and she kisses the television screen during the Oscar acceptance speech. That's and, great. And it's it's a they have a callback to that moment later in the book and it becomes kind of something special and it becomes a signal that's used later on. And I thought that was such an interesting and clever device that rang true. So I really did enjoy that that particular callback. So I'll go with that. Because it's not traditional and it kind of it got right. me right here on that callback later. Yeah. That was a great book. And I, mm-hmm. everybody needs to hear that book or read that book. Tara, that's, you're up. I mean, you need to read it. 
Listen, tell the Calgary Public Library to come through <laughs> with the audiobook. I'm going to get you the audiobook. I'm going to get you the audiobook and I want you to listen to it. And you'll be like the rest of us saps out here that were bawling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cried so hard on that so many times. Yep. That's a good, but that was a very good kissing scene. And, non-traditional, but good. Right. Non-traditional and good. That's true. Yeah, it was super hard for me because when I read a book and we get to the scene where they kiss and there's that buildup, every book is every book is good and you want that buildup and you're you're on that journey with those character characters to get them to kiss. And so it was really hard for me to pull one example. It was really, really hard. But then I thought, okay, I know something and it's kind of cool because it, it goes with what we were talking about earlier. So there's this first kiss that printed off really weird because I pulled it off my Kindle and then I tried to print it, which don't tell anybody. I guess you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so it kind Jeff of printed. Bezos is coming <laughs> for you. Yeah, I'm going to Kindle jail now. Nice. <laughs> I know. So, um, and here's the deal. For me, I like, I don't know that I like the slow burn, but I don't like the right off the bat kiss. I just, I normally, I, it's not my thing. I like the characters to get to know each other better. And I, and I like the whole, the back and forth and back and forth. And that is my thing. But then we were talking about chapters and kiss the girl. And I thought that was a great first kiss. Well, because we take it away. It happens. Yes. We take it away for a while, yes. so then we have to build back up to it. Right. So, so, so it still kind of fits your rules. It's just, yeah. It was just very clever and cute, and it was like, you're, oh, you know, it was such a surprise, and it was it was a good surprise. But yeah, I like the build up. But that was really clever. I liked that, and I don't ever like the kiss that early. You know, in chapter. Oh, good. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it was early. So that was a good kiss for me. I liked that. Yay! Awesome. So that was almost my pick. And then I thought, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Well, but I do, but I do. It is probably, it is one of my very kiss. favorites. Well, right. and also because it shows like that immediately right away. It's like, oh, these people have chemistry. And so I didn't care that it was right away in the book. But then I got to thinking about it. And then I remembered the book Tricky Wisdom by Cameron Eide. Have either of you read that book before? I haven't read it yet, but I know of it. It's a fake relationship book between two med school students and the idea is that their roommates olivia is like the ice queen one and she's like very very icy and then darcy is like the more laid-back kind of roommate and darcy has had a crush on her friend back home for a long time and basically is like oh i have a chance to shoot my shot when i'm going back for thanksgiving can you please come and pretend to be my girlfriend and for whatever reason olivia says yes their first kiss is if I'm remembering correctly, it's almost like a for show thing because they think she's going to see or she's close by or something. And it's terrible. But the thing <laughs> that I love about how bad it is, is that it's like they have this really horrible kiss that's immediately followed by an incredible kiss. And so I loved how it subverted my expectations mm. as a reader because kisses are only ever amazing in romance, except this time when it was like, oh, that was bad. Oh, wait, this is better. <laughs> a journey. It's a journey. Yes. It was a journey. And to me, that's actually probably my favorite aspect of that particular book, too. Right. Because, you know, a lot of times first kisses are awkward in real life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not right, you know, and that's probably why we like them so much in romances, because they're perfect. Mm-hmm. It's and true. In this case, yeah, I mean, this is more realistic. I can't. I mean, how many times have you had a really good first kiss? 
Oh God, it's been a real long time since I've had my first kiss. Oh, uh, well, it's been a while. But um, historically speaking, mine haven't been great. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm. Real life, sometimes I just don't get it. I had one in high school and we were like at an actual fireworks show. So where I grew up, if what people say is true, the fireworks show that they do, it's kind of around like 4th of July because I grew up in a border city. So there was like Detroit on one border and Windsor on the other. And so they would do fireworks basically to cover both sides of the border. And they said it was like the largest fireworks show in North America. Is that just marketing? Probably. I don't know. (laughs) But I had a first kiss there. And I remember thinking, wow, this is supposed to be one of those like magical settings. All right, I guess I'm kissing oh, no. this person. <laughs> and it was bad. Was it bad? I don't think it was horrible, but let's just say things didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. Because again, I was in high school and like, no. Uh, well, then what is everyone's favorite couple on film or even a book? Go either way. Favorite couple that you have that you've read about, you've seen on TV, watched in the movies, seen in the theater. That's too broad. <laughs> yeah. When I was writing well, down my notes for this, I wrote, this question is rude, even though I helped come up with it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. So, Melissa. I'm going to limit myself because if you were to say, like, in movies and TV and yeah. everything, I, I could never come up with an answer for you because the universe feels vast all of a sudden and I want to get it right. So, I'm going to limit myself to genre. And so, I really love... Kate and Robin from and playing the role of herself. I I think I'm going to go with that because we talked earlier about chemistry Mm -hmm. and it's just oozing off of those pages. And so that is, that is a a couple that I don't think I'll ever get tired of. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. Chris, did you pick one? I did. Everybody knows my answer. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, wait, is it? Way hot? Is it way oh, hot? Oh, it is way yeah, hot. Of course Come it is. On. Of course it is. I was stupidly <laughs> thinking books when I should have. Yeah. Like, you go to the conference. <laughs> like, come I on. I go to the conferences. Come on. Way hot. Yes. Waverly Earp and Nicole Hot from Winona Earp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My uh, my characters have a very positive, openly queer relationship in a town, and nobody questions them. They're mm-hmm. very accepting. Uh, that's just the way it is. And this, you know, the the whole series ended on a positive note for them. So, I mean, they were so cute and they fought for each other. And it was just wonderful to see them fall in love. And in my opinion, they didn't have a great kiss. Their very first kiss wasn't great. And that was probably a mistake that I said at one point. But their chemistry got a lot better on, on screen, you know, the more into the relationship they got. So way hot for sure. Nice. We should have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I scrolled through literally every woman loving woman romance that I five starred on Goodreads. I gave away way too many five stars, is what I learned first of all. <laughs> but secondly, so it was really hard because then I started to feel guilty about all the couples that I was not going to name. And I know that oh, they're no, not real yeah. people <laughs> and I know they're not going to take it personally. <laughs> I'm going to say sorry anyway. <laughs> so where I landed was Catherine Ayers and Lauren King from The Red Files and Under Your Skin by Lee Winter. I love The Red Files 
to an unreasonable degree, which if anybody's been following my reviewing, my podcasting, anything I've been doing, they probably know that. And I guess the thing I love about them is that they start off super antagonistic. Again, like Catherine is a total ice queen. She's a mega bitch. The kind of like the kind that I love to read about, but like I'd never want to spend any time with in real life. I don't want to spend time with people like that, but like I want to read about them because they're fun to read about. But like Lauren is so she's laid back and she's funny and she doesn't actually care that Catherine is that serious. And they're forced to investigate something together and kind of find love along the way. And so what I really like is that because there's a sequel. So they get together in the Red Files and we see them planning their wedding in Under Your Skin. And in Under Your Skin, you actually get to see how different Catherine is with her versus with everyone else. And so there's that really beautiful dichotomy there and you see that she has this incredibly tender side that's only available to one person but she will like stone cold murder someone with her words (laughs) if they're not that person complicated Mm -hmm. yes i could have listed like five other couples oh man so many so many radcliffe books there were couples that i was like oh but what about them no what about them i almost up in a later question for me I had her on my old podcast once and I was like, so do you think you'll ever write a book for Diane and Valerie? Please. And thank you. (laughs) I was much nicer than that, but (laughs) she was like, yeah, people ask me that every so often. And I'm all I can think was like, write the book, please. People will read it. They're a throwaway Mm -hmm. couple in not throwaway, but like they're, they're just like a minor couple within the honor series, but they're so good. And they haven't been there for the last three or four books. And I keep getting the books where they come out thinking, are they here for now? <laughs> where are they? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are they alive? No one says. Chris, what's our next question? Um, we have favorite gift to receive on Valentine's Day. Melissa, what is your favorite gift? I am an acts of service person. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, but yeah, like I had um, my closet was cleaned out for me once as a surprise. And it was like, I almost like fell to my knees and wept with joy. Like it was the <laughs> coolest thing. Like my closet was cleaned out and organized and things like that just really move me. They're, they're a little unconventional, but like an experience, if an experience were planned for me, or if we went somewhere really cool and got the, you know, the, the great VIP treatment or some sort of surprise was set up. That's always just going to steal my heart in a way that maybe a gift doesn't in the same sense. I appreciate gifts. I think those are fabulous. You know, flowers, chocolate. Who doesn't like that kind of stuff? But if you clean out my closet. (laughs) You'll love them for life. (laughs) Come on. Come on. So, yeah, acts of service is is really big for me. Mm -hmm. Surprises. Yeah. Like, I, I like that whole concept. I didn't even think about a surprise. That's always nice. Because I'm such a, am I a control freak? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did okay. I answer too uh, soon? No. Oh, this is what happens when your friends show up on the podcast, <laughs> by the way, Chris. Yes. So it's kind of nice to 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 let go a little bit and let somebody else take charge. And so mm-hmm. I like the surprise aspect of Valentine's Day. You know, of course, pandemic, you know, what do you do? But yeah, I do like not knowing. I like the surprise because Every day I'm in control of so much. It's just nice to kind of give it away on special days. So. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Tara, what about you? Food. Wait, first of all, is Canada big on Valentine's Day? Oh, yeah. The marketers, they got us, too. Did they? Okay. 
Good. Except I went to a Catholic school when I was in grade school and they made us learn about St. Valentine and locked away in his lonely tower writing notes wow. or something, if I recall that far back correctly. Yeah, it is a thing here. I'm not really a big gifts person either, although it is nice. But I mean, also, we're kind of of an age where like we're old enough and we have money and we buy the things that we want kind of as we want them and need them. And so for Valentine's Day or any day of the year, I mean, food is truly the way to my heart. It's just if you know that I like and it can be like my favorite kind of Doritos. It can be yes. my favorite kind of candy. It doesn't matter as long as it's if somebody shows up and it's like my favorite one of that thing, then my heart feels happy and I feel seen. It's often ice cream. Neil will just show up. Sometimes he's like, I know you've had a real shit day. And he'll just have like a thing of the tonight dough ice cream from Aww. Ben and Jerry's. And it's like, yeah, thank you. That's, That's the best. I love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. All right. So when we were planning this, we thought, well, we can't just say one. That would be impossible and cruel. And why would we set ourselves up for failure? So what are your favorite three romances that live on your reread shelf? Melissa. And we yeah. want to meet yeah. Do we want to stay women loving women genre specific to the podcast? Or you want to go back to when I was 12 and hiding? Are you still reading Roberts and Daniel? I read all romance. Yeah. I'd say the ones that resonated with me would be, and, and, and still do, would be Star by Danielle Steele. The reason being on that one, I didn't know romance novels existed until that book. And Which one was that one? Star. I read, well, so I remember what I remember of her books. I remember by like vague premises because the summer I turned 12, my mom collected every Danielle Steele novel. And that yeah. summer I said, mom, can I read your Danielle Steele books? And she kind of went, you could see like she was kind of going through the processing in her brain. She was like, ah, yeah, that's fine. And I read all, <laughs> oh. it, there were like 30 or 32 of them. And I read them yeah. that summer. <laughs> right. And then I kept up with them for another, I think through high school. And then there started to be some weird ones. And that was when I was like, yeah. I gotta go. They, there was a shift, wasn't there? There mm -hmm. was a shift in, in her writing career. But Star was the one about Crystal, who kind of has to be banished from her farm because her brother-in-law was such a such a creep and her brother is killed in the very beginning of the book. That's not a spoiler. And she goes off and becomes a very famous country singer. Oh yeah, that way. And then there's Spencer, who is like the older guy, and they we kind of followed them for years. And I yeah, I did not understand that a romance novel existed until Star fell into my hands. And I, I could not wait to get home from school to figure mm -hmm. out what was going to happen in this love story. They have to get together. And mm -hmm. uh, it was a big reread for me for years. And I think I was maybe sixth grade when I, when I read star and next I would, I would fast forward to my freshman year of college when paradise by Judith McNaught was passed down every single dorm room of the fourth floor of the <laughs> Like uh -huh. this thing, the tattered cover, it was ripped, but it was like, you've got to read this and you'd read it and you'd pass it on to the next room and just everyone. So uh, Paradise was probably a, a little bit more of an adult book than some of the earlier stuff I had read. And it was more contemporary in nature. And it was one of, I think it was a, a, a pivotal book for me, especially in terms of influencing me now as a writer. When I look back over how I developed, I think that book was, it was instrumental. And so if you haven't read Paradise, I definitely recommend it. And then fast forward, I only can choose three. Okay. I, I, I would have to no, say. I'm just <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheating. Um, I'm doing more. <laughs> 
Well, when I just look at the first handful of books, when I discovered Women Love and Women books, which would have been, oh, I guess what, in the early 2000s or so, there was Too Close to Touch, George's book. That was mm-hmm. that was a big reread for me. I love, and playing the role of herself was huge. I read that book many times. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a big rereader. So that says a lot right. that I've done that with those books. I love, and, and Tara, I've talked to, to you about this before, Letters Never Sent. Uh, by Sandra oh Moran. That one stole my heart. And so I would include that book as well. And there's so many. Radcliffe was a big reread for me early on. I love the Honor series. I love the Provincetown series. But uh, I think it was Turn Back Time. I think that really was a big reread for me with Winter and Pierce. Oh, yeah. I like they were doctors. It was great. What about Faded Love, though? I like Faded Love, too. But... Everyone thinks everyone has faded love here and turn back time just beneath it. I would reverse them in my order. I like turn back time more, but I think I'm on my own on that one. I think I have kind of the two of them and then crossroads all on roughly the same for me. Like I like all three of those medical ones together. Yeah. 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 Faded love is definitely on my list. Well, Chris, do mm-hmm. your list. I know. Well, Melissa like took all of mine. So oh, like, good. right here, you can also see <laughs> so maybe notes. you have three now? Yeah, on my notes, it says too close to touch. I have uh, that's definitely I've reread that one out of like Lesbic. That's probably my biggest reread. I have Faded Love, uh, Quinn and Honor. I mean, that's that's a mm-hmm. great story. It's just it's a great story. And like I didn't even think about like when we were kids and I've talked about this a bazillion times. I mean, if we're going to go that way, like I read a lot of Danielle Steele and Nora Roberts, but my, I love Sydney Sheldon. I mean, that oh, was yeah. a lot of intrigue and romance too, like master of the game and rage of angels. Like there was a mini series, Jacqueline Smith. I was in love with Jacqueline Smith when I was a kid. I mean, to this day, sure too, but like she was in, she was the character in rage of angels. And then a couple other ones that followed, and yeah, so that, that got me on the romance train real fast. Uh, you know, yeah, well. it's funny because my mom is German, so she doesn't read anything English. And so my dad had all these like Sidney Sheldon books and I'm like, I'm just going to read this. Mom's like, okay. You know, and Sidney Sheldon's like pretty <laughs> hardcore. So, so yeah, so Sidney Sheldon really, really got me going on that. And then another one I like to read uh, is Winter Jacket. Oh yeah. I still I haven't read that one. Yeah which I know is bad. I've heard it's really good. It is really good. And it's a very simple book, but it's so good because you don't, because it's maybe because it's very simple, but it's also, you know, the whole teacher student thing. And and you Mm want to know why she wears her winter jacket too. I have not read the whole series. Did you read the one? So apparently there's one, well, I think it was when Megan Ulrich was on uh, my old podcast she recommended it, but she's, I think she said there was one where it takes the story from Winter Jacket and flips the perspective. I think so. I think I started that one, but I kind of like, it's one of those where you just kind of want it. Something you found that's so good. You just wanted to leave it alone because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's in your head and it's in your heart a certain way. And, and sometimes it's okay just to leave it there. And so that's how I feel. I mean, that's how Melissa feels about Imagine Me and You. So I think <laughs> You stop it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised we didn't lose like half our listeners after putting that. I don't know. I see some future debates at a bar some night. I see it happening. (laughs) I know. Let's do this. The pig. You know, and and we were talking um, 
I'm I'm googling something now. I'm stalling because the one book or the one movie I saw when I was either 11 or 12. I'm, I'm googling this right now. It was a movie with Carrie Fisher and John Ritter, and this is the book. This is the movie that got me into. It's called what is it called? Leave Yesterday Behind. Leave Yesterday Behind. Hmm. So it was, gosh, I don't even know, 1978. So I saw, I mean, I didn't How's see it when possible? it came out. No, you I didn't see it when it came out. You were not out. born. No. no, I literally saw it in the 80s. I really did. And that, I, I just, I kept watching it. And I would go to bed early, like at 730 at night, I would go to bed because in my head, I would keep playing that movie over Aww. and over and over again. And so that had such a big impact in my life. And I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, this is the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. (laughs) But for me as a child, you know, you just, that just did it for me. That got me into romance. That got me into thinking about it all the time. And that's what got me into writing. Hmm. That's great. I love Chris at night with her little imagination time. Like, why are you going to bed at seven? My sister, why are you going to bed at seven? Leave me alone. (laughs) I probably thought I was doing other things, but I really was reconstructing the, the, what I saw. So it was so, it was so beautiful. So that's great. I don't know if it still is, but I don't want to know. It's one of those where it's it's a little capsule in my heart. It's going to stay there. It's going to stay untouched. And it was just beautiful at the time. I feel that way about Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. That was like my shit when I was like 12. I, I did oh, too. Dr. Quinn and Sully was just like my couple and I'm afraid to go back. I can't. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. it's probably, it, what if it's terrible? It probably is. I hope not. I recorded that. Jane Seymour. Go to class we all crushed that. on her. Mm. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize it at the time, but again, as an adult who understands, I was like, oh yeah, that was why I watched it. That's <laughs> what was going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. so i did pick three books although if we're gonna go way way back i'm gonna add uh, and also like not queer books so jane eyre was my one that i read over and over and over and over again i thought it was the most romantic thing my high school english teacher gave it to me when i was 14 and unfortunately i went back to it in my 30s and was like oh Mr. Rochester was so gross and what he was asking of Jane was so inappropriate. And I kind of wish I would have just left it in the past because <laughs> I had a lot of good memories of that book. But yeah, I probably read that book more than any other book. I, I've probably read it 20 or 30 times in my lifetime. But in terms of lesbian books, I chose All That Matters by Susan X. Maher. I love that one. So, so good. One that... I can't say, I'm trying to think of how to say this kindly, because it's like a first book. And I think we have to be kind sometimes to like first books. It's So it's not a perfect book, but one that like I get sucked in every so often just because of the characters is Course of Action by Gunn Brooke. There's just something about the chemistry between those two leads that I just love and completely gets me. Didn't Stay in Vegas by Chelsea M. Cameron. I love is so fun because it's about two best friends who wake up hungover in Vegas and they're married and one of them (laughs) one of them is a completely useless lesbian who does not recognize that her best friend has been crushing on her and her best friend Emma who's like what if we stayed married because of like taxes and benefits (laughs) I'm like "Mm." I know benefits are like a real bad situation in the state sometimes but like I don't know maybe that's enough but there's like no angst (laughs) 
and it's super lovely. And then my other one, we've all gone way over three. Um, right. All right. Totally so fine. We're breaking our own rules. I have a fanfic, which is Truth and Measure by Telenu, which is a Devil Wears Prada fanfic that basically says, what if Andy didn't quit? What if she stayed? And what if Miranda got pregnant and her marriage fell apart? Well, her marriage was falling apart anyway, but she got pregnant. And what if Andy helped her and they kind of fell in love all the way? And here's the thing. The premise sounds kind of like, really? But I heard it recommended on a podcast that Andy Marquette and Jove Bell used to do Mm -hmm. a long time ago. And Jove Bell was the one that was like, oh my God, you guys, you have to read this fanfic. It's like 300,000 words. And I was like, okay, I'll bite. Because she spoke really passionately about it. And then I couldn't put the fucking thing down. (laughs) It was like (laughs) three days. It consumed my life. And I've recommended it to other people where they were like, that was so good. And it has this incredible thing where Miranda recognizes that she has feelings and she says, okay, what if we were together, but it was platonic. And Andy is like, are you kidding me? And it's totally ridiculous. And then it just ends up in the most incredible payoff. And so here's the thing about this fanfic though. The author is actually Rosalind Sinclair who is published with Ilva, did the X-Files and the other one, uh, the Lily and the Crown. And so she's rewritten it and it's being released this spring in two volumes, a month apart each. Uh, One of them called Truth and Measure, the other one called Above All Things. And like, I am equally parts excited beyond belief and completely terrified. (laughs) I was going to say, are you going to sleep? This is a big deal. Well, it's a big deal, but also I love the fanfic so Mm -hmm. much that I'm just afraid, like, what if I don't love the books as much? Because on the flip side, like, recently we watched the film Eternals, and I heard that it was the most boring thing ever. And so I went into it, and I was like, all right, well, this is going to be boring. I'll just keep my Nintendo Switch nearby so I can start gaming, like, if it's that bad. And then I actually really liked it, but I can't do that. Because you already have your expectation, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see but yes i mean the fanfic is still all of her fanfic even when they're um rewritten because she does truly to be fair because i've seen some fanfics where it's like so that was like lightly dusted and then published (laughs) like no she full-on rewrites her stories to turn them into original fic so i mean Mm -hmm. i can always go back to the fanfic i suppose it's not going anywhere that's right no no So before we close, Melissa, you have a book that's coming out soon. Can you tell us what it's called? What's it coming out? What's it all about? It's uh, it's called Exclusive, and it's a March release. And it's the story of Skylar Ruiz, who is a reporter kind of out in the sticks covering some a string of, of, of small towns and really just can't get her foot in the door of TV news the way she has always hoped to. And because of some connections through some family, she's able to score an interview at uh, a San Diego news station, which is a top 30 news station. And because some things work out, she she gets her big chance uh, to, to report for the big time. And she is working alongside her longtime crush and veteran news anchor, Carolyn McNamara, who maybe isn't so friendly at first. But perhaps that changes as they as they work together. Um, it, it's near and dear to my heart. That was my first job out of college as I was a TV news reporter here in San Antonio before I realized that I did not have the, the thick skin required for that particular job. But I do have fond memories and I did love the industry a great deal. 
So it was fun to kind of pull back on some of my own experiences and, and weave them in in different ways and, and see those things play out in fiction. And it's also uh, a callback to my second novel, Heart Block, because Skylar, the main character, is the younger cousin of Sarah Matamoros. And so we do revisit Emory and Sarah in that book and see what they're up to and see what struggles they're encountering. Fun. I really liked that one. So I'm glad to hear that we're going to go back to them. Oh, shit. That's yeah. a book that I reread a lot. We got some glimpses of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get some glimpses of that couple. They've got some stuff going on. That sounds so good. I know that's coming out like just in a couple of weeks. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a March it's a, 1st. Right? Yeah. March 1st. It'll be out on the Bold Strokes website. And then a couple of weeks after that, you can get it everywhere else. So that's not too far away. It's crazy oh. how time flies. Well, I think that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. Where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? Oh, well, they can find me pretty much anywhere they would like to go. I just hang out everywhere, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I just started exploring TikTok. I haven't fully figured it out yet the way Chris has. Um, But hopefully hopefully she will offer me some (laughs) tutorials and I can figure out this medium. But if you want to see some videos about books, dogs, and kids, you can head over to my page as I try to figure it out. Yeah. But you, yeah, I love the one with the, with, with the coffee. I I don't know what you're singing, but you're like, you like fade in and you're like, yeah, (laughs) toddler, don't mess with me. And you like fade out. It's great. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I have fun. I'm going to go check that out later. (laughs) So if you've all enjoyed this show, please make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll get notified whenever we release an episode. Or if you have a friend that you think would like the show, please tell them about it. And if you'd like to support us financially, we do have a link to Kofi in the show notes, or you can visit Kofi.com slash really recommended. Not at all necessary. Definitely appreciate it though. Or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Clearly recommended on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. So goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. And don't forget to send your Valentine's Day um, nope. by text. Oh, no. We'll cut that part out. That? That's going to be, a, it's okay. Just say your last part and then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what, are we saying goodbye then? I mean, it's, it's, yes, we're just not telling them about yes, the Valentine's because okay. we're going to have them cut into this episode right. at the Sorry. end of it. That's okay. I forgot to pull that part out of That's the That's your fault. That is my fault. It's my fault. I am it's sorry. Your fault. It's okay. All right. And I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer with nearly 20 books and novellas uh, out. Fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Just do your part again. This is going to be a good one. I can tell. This is how it goes. This is my second Zoom today.
though. Okay. Oh my God, you big baby. You are. I know. I'm not used to that. I'm not used to Zooms. And I had one <laughs> last night that lasted forever. Okay. 